Hello everybody, I am so glad you're here. I'm Ray Hughes, and welcome to The Listening Porch. I'd like to pick up just a little bit uh, from where we left off the last time I had the honor of spending some time with you. Uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but if you do, uh, what I was talking about is I talked about the beauty of that horizon that must have been a part of the picture. Uh, The day that Jesus got in the boat and pushed himself out from the shore as a mass of people was there on the banks, there to hear what he had to say. And, And remember, the way that worked in those days for him is He was all about, as the Word of God says, to do and to teach, and to teach or to teach and to do. You see that in Scripture. See, he didn't always do miracles. What would happen would be he would do miracles, and after, as a result, those miracles, and then he would just wander off, go to the next place. He's across the Sea of Galilee somewhere, and we'd get there. There would be a thousand, five thousand, or whatever people there waiting for him because. They had heard about the miracles that he did on the other side. But when he would get there, he wouldn't necessarily do miracles. He would maybe just teach the Word of God. So sometimes he was teaching, sometimes he was doing, and awakening uh, all uh, this the wonder of what the Father would speak to him in that day. And he only did what he would see the Father doing, only speak what he would hear him say. and But... In our last time together, you know, I painted that little picture of for us to just imagine what was going through the minds and the hearts of those out there in that place of beauty and solitude, and they had gathered there, and of course, I'm sure it felt many times like the solitude was certainly taken out of it, but when he would begin to speak, he spoke like no other man, and he would paint uh, the beauty and and the majesty of heaven and the simplicity of his words. It was heaven coming to earth on so many levels. And all of the grandeur and glory of heaven would be now brought down to his love for the Father's desire, and he would speak that into their lives. I can just imagine that it would just have been almost breathtaking. I mean, I imagine thousands of people would just be silenced to a to less than a whisper when he would speak. They would just be glued to his words. You see, that reality lived out through Scripture. And as they were, as I said last time, they were looking, as they looked to Jesus, they were also looking at a horizon. And as as they were hearing his words, you know, I'm reminded that horizons are where dreams and memories linger and, and wait for you to notice and when you when you notice then you begin to to meditate or ponder upon your own life and you begin to apply his words to your walk and to your journey and you realize that those words that he is carrying then become your life remember i said that life is not just made of years it's also filled with moments and those moments that are meant to be full of life so much life. I created a contrast for you also uh, last time about, you know, being in the in, in the city around 
all the man-made things, sometimes it's hard to really hear the Lord or come alive to truth when you're um, surrounded by man-made vehicles racing down man-made streets, crossing man-made bridges, and making all the man-made noise, if you remember. I don't remember exactly how I said it, but it was something like that. I pointed that out. But, you know, I want to remind you today that you have a right to choose what you listen to. So exercise that right. Even if you're in those places where all the man-made noise and the calamity and confusion seem to dominate the, the soundscape, return and choose to return to wonder. Find a place of beauty and let your imagination be fully alive in those places too. I, you know, I talk about solitude a lot. I talk about quietness and walking, taking walks in the rain and those kind of journeys, uh, looking for that solace or solitude in, in the crazy and tumultuous times that we're living in. And, of course, one of the ways I do that is by writing. And, and I write a lot of poetry. And one of the reasons is is because poetry has a tendency to slow you down and enables you to consider and that journaling and and storytelling and all that, that was all very much a part of Jesus' life and Jesus' day as well, you know. And when your world is full of noise, remember that quiet is not the absence of sound. It's an invitation to listen and hear life. And that really is, I think, a point that we need to realize is even though we're in loud environments and with all the calamity, you can choose what you listen to. And and don't yield to unnecessary inner urges to be something, do something, go somewhere, all that. Let your let you know carry his glory, carry his peace, carry his purpose in you in such a way that even when things are crazy around you, you can you can walk into those loud, noisy atmospheres of conflict and, and aggression and and uh, loudness in the world. But again, you've been you and I both have been given the grace to listen to what we desire to listen to. I desire to hear the voice of the Lord. You know, Jesus heard the voice of the Father even in the middle of the marketplace. And he would respond accordingly. So you really he was tuned into a very different frequency than all of the noise of that culture. Allow the voice of your uh, of the Holy Spirit to awaken creativity, but don't yield to the unnecessary inner urge to make something happen that's born out of it. See, if it gets too boisterous, it can cause you to overlook the simple, insignificant things that hold truth and beauty even in a loud environment, in a noisy world. But when truth and beauty speak up when it gently speaks go ahead and listen to that it could be calling you to wonder-filled places you know the kind of places that used to feel insignificant and therefore overlooked that being said don't don't allow your inner need to create don't let it go to sleep either live alert and aware and give permission to the shout or to the whisper, but give no place to the noise in your own heart. I personally have 
experienced many times some of the, I think, some of the best writing and the best creativity and the best things that I've really been able to develop and enjoy as as words of the Lord to my own life. Because when I write poetry and when I write prose, uh, that's one of the ways I process life. And so I process I, I process His Word through time and space and being awake and aware of whatever place that I'm in. And for however long I'm there, I want to hear the Word of the Lord. I want that to be an ongoing conversation that, that brings something powerful and valuable to my life when I take a walk. or And again, even in a big city situation. And, you know, I remember uh, one day I was sitting on the wall in uh, uh, that stone wall or that concrete wall there in front of St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, Scotland. And Edinburgh is a really play, a really vibrant, beautiful, old, amazing, amazing city. And everybody was moving past as if they badly needed to be somewhere else. And I was watching all the hurry and the scurry. And when the bells started ringing, I quickly realized that while everybody was needed to be somewhere else, I realized in that very moment I was right where I wanted to be. Steeple bells sing mystery and dignity. They dignify the air with their notes and remind us that high purposes and great mysteries are hanging just above the city noise. Waiting for the perfect timing to permeate the moment. Ancient tones freed to remind us to refine our thoughts and cast them upwards as praise. Steeple bells love to sing without secrecy and unveil the solitude that asks our hearts to look up from the cobblestones and care. In the midst of it all, there's a solitude that is more remote than mountains, safer than valleys, deeper than forests, and as quiet as a sleeping child. It's the kind of solitude that holds mysteries as deep as eternity. It's wrapped in a beauty that breaks us out of daydreams and look-away glances and turns our eyes and our hearts toward the one who loves us and never looks away. I would not have known that and not experienced that had I not been there that day in that moment when everybody else needed to be somewhere else, I realized that I was right where I needed to be. You know, there was a there was another situation that I, and there, there are many, but I find myself in these places that really demand they're like it's like overstimulation, but again, I choose to listen to who and what I want to listen to. If you're walking down the street and a and a sound attracts your attention, I always immediately want to find out if that's a piece of poetry or a prophecy or a prayer or a or an alarm, or if it's in the middle of all of the chaos and confusion, I hear a bird song. I want to be alert enough to listen and hear the voice of the Lord 
when the Lord's speaking over and use uh, speaking over uh, what the enemy would like to do to create unrest. It's a wonderful exercise and opportunity to find rest. Another day, I, I, you know, I always carry the my pen and journal, but another day I noticed the old man walked as if his whole life was sneaking up on him. His past troubled his mind. His choices troubled his heart. His miles troubled his body. His decisions troubled his soul. His pain troubled his steps. And when he sung, he sung a worried note. He didn't have to search for a key. The notes found him as he moved along. Hidden behind his gentle look-away stare was a collection of pictures and images that became slow-walking memories. They held him hostage for years, and they led him away every time he hoped to dance or dreamed to fly. Dark, unspoken chains of days past rattled and lingered at every crossroad. And no one ever knew what was behind him, because he never talked when he looked back. Now that came from a moment. See, because life is filled with moments, and I exercise my creativity or my listening to the Holy Spirit or just fully awake and suddenly awake and aware to this old man's sensitivity of his presence. I looked at his face and and just uh, in a flash, I began to process what was his journey like. And, uh, you know, he, he looked like the oldest man in the world as he shuffled down the sidewalk. And I couldn't help but wonder where all he had been. And, but I, anyway, I wanted to honor him and, and remember the moment. So I smiled and nodded to him through a bus window. And he smiled and nodded back. And from time to time, I remember him, especially when I read that bit of writing that I did there. I, I remember him. And when I remember him, I pray for him. Because the old man walked as if his whole life was sneaking up on him. And what looked like the marks of a troubled past, you know, I just pray and I bless him. And and again, I, every time I pray, I feel like I want to honor him and ask the Lord to bless his life. So again, when you're, when you're in those loud, noisy places, remember, you're the one that chooses what you listen to. God bless you guys. See you next time. Thanks for coming to the Listening Porch. Now you may have to leave, but you don't have to stay gone. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash Ray Hughes. There you'll find video versions of this podcast. I also have numerous online courses at selaministries.com. 
And don't forget to take a look at the beautiful handmade ink pens at redriverturning.com. See you next time on The Listening Porch.